Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome back to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. It is Alyssa and Dakota coming to you from sort of semi-sunny Calgary. The weather is getting better. February is always a good month to get that spring feeling uh, in your feeling it. Sun's up later. It's now 5.30 and you can still have the sun outside. It's been fantastic. How's your week been, Dakota? My week's been really, really good. I've been working on some super cool projects. Um with a bunch of really awesome clients, really kicking the year off positively. And yeah, I agree. This whole sunshine out until a little later is way better because I was sitting in my car the other day and I'm like, I'm sick of winter. Like, thank goodness it's a little bit short this year, it seems like, because we haven't had very many crazy cold days, but I'm already sick of it. I want spring to get here. And when it gets dark so early, it, it actually messes with your emotions for sure. It totally does. And I think I think I mentioned a couple episodes back that January is my least favorite month and it totally is because there's like nothing to look forward to and it's so dark and it just seems to go on forever. And then once you hit February, everything, it's like you're, it's like a light comes on in front of your face and it's like, oh, this is what like normal, normal people live in with like sunlight and things like that. So if you don't live in Canada, you don't, maybe, maybe your sun's up a little longer, but um here we get really short days in the winter up in the, uh, up in the North. But um, just to preface this before, I know uh, Dakota's got a great rant today and uh, a sort of a timely rant, but um, this is our 50th episode of ladies who launch. And I don't think, I mean, I can speak for myself, but I, I never thought of 50 episodes when we started this a year ago. Like I just had no concept of what that would even be. I, I mean, 50, I can't, what, like what has happened? Yeah. I like mind blown is all I have to say. Anyway, we do have, um, as we go into our like next year, next season, um, into ladies who launch, we do have some cool things planned and, um, we will have our year anniversary in April. So we'll do some cool, cool things around that. And we're going to try to um, get you guys and our audience engaged a little bit more with some different kind of things this year. Because quite honestly, I don't think either one of us thought any anyone aside our parents would be listening to this. So um, we just want to say thank you to everyone who's, who's tuned in and like made this a way, way, way bigger um, thing than we could ever imagine. So thank you to everyone. Yes, 100%. <laughs> anyway, Dakota, take away with the lady the lady rant for this week because it is it's a good one, I will say. <laughs> so this is less of a rant and more just an observation. I really want to point that out. I also want to make it a rant. Make it a rant. <laughs> preface this by saying that I have the utmost respect for everyone that chooses to do this and values their time. I just don't agree with it. <laughs> I wanted to know what you guys thought. I also wanted to know what Alyssa thought. So I kind of saved this for the cast. 
But as of late, um, I've had a number of clients and I myself have also experienced this where you kind of just want to give somebody that you know in your network a call, just a quick call. Like it doesn't have to be an hours long call because you have a couple of questions about their business because you look up to them. So the other day I had a client um, reach out to another organization that has been doing a similar thing to what he's doing or, or an idea he has for quite some time. And he was like, yeah, I think I could get some advice from this person and whatever. And then I guess this person wanted to charge him like an hourly consultation fee for advice. And look, if you have a million and one questions, it's like going to the doctor, you know, like you come with one inquiry and that's it. If you have like 10, then yeah, hundred percent. It's like, let's set up a consultation call because I'm giving you my expertise. But it was literally like two questions. And so he was kind of like, Hey, have you ever run into this before? And I was like, yeah, I've heard of it. I've heard of it happening and I, I understand, but what are your questions? And he told me his questions and he told me to put them in the email and yeah. Anyway, he did end up hiring this person and have having a consultation with them and it ended up working out in his favor. And that was, that was great. Now, fast forward to a couple of weeks later, I had a couple of questions. I had one question about pricing and one question about uh, just like inclusion of a service within a retainer package. Literally just two questions. So I texted a gal that I that we're not close or anything, but I've known her for quite some time, always looked up to her. Granted, it has been a while. She has like she has since experienced some life changes that have made her life quite busy. So again, um, if she hears this, I just want her to know I, I think she's a rock star. <laughs> like, and I, I totally respect where she's coming from. I just, I just personally, um, no matter how busy I get, I, I just don't think I could ever in my gut. And maybe that's a boundary issue that I have. I don't know, but I just couldn't like charge someone. So, anyways, I message and I, I get back this message just saying, look, I'm just so busy that I have to charge for my time for this. And I was like, you know what? All the power to you for that. That's that's fine, but I'm gonna go elsewhere because I have lots of other people I can talk to. Ended up getting on the phone with another fabulous consultant that Alyssa and I both know and love. And she was more than willing to take literally five minutes to have a quick chat with me. Um, so, anyways, my rant is just that as much as I, you know, like everybody has different circumstances, everybody has a different lifestyle. Style. Everybody has different obligations and levels of busyness. Um, so I totally understand if you've made it part of your business model to charge for your time in terms of advice. But at what point did we stop being a community? At what point did we stop being able to call somebody that we really look up to or have a lot of respect for? Um, or like even just somebody that we're like, let's say we're really good friends with this person. At what point? Did we stop being able to ask for that kind of advice? And, and that kind of got me thinking. I recently reached out to Mayor Gondek's office to ask her for something. And her team has like bent over backwards trying to help us like for free. And she schedules months ahead of time for things. And she and she was just like more than happy to try her damnedest to get involved. And it's like, I think to me, it's like... Um, 
yeah, like we all, I'm trying to be very eloquent with this because I don't want to get into trouble, but I just, it's like, I have a super busy life, but yet I spent 45 minutes last night chatting with one of my clients that I worked with in Ontario because she just wanted to know some stuff about how to build her new business. And oh my God, I could never fathom like charging her. Now, that being said, if somebody heard this episode, they might come back at me with, well, good for you, Dakota. I'm glad you have 45 minutes. Look, sometimes I don't have 45 minutes, but I'm going to try really hard to help people around me because I personally feel like my value in life is helping people as part of who I am. And that's just should be part of the mix. Anyway, so my whole thing is like, where, where has the community gone? Are we now charging everybody for advice? Like, what is happening? <laughs> it's it's funny because I I totally agree with this. Um, and yet I can see the other side. So here's my sort of caveat of, of, of this situation. And knowing what happened with you and this person, I totally am on your side with this because here's my here's my thoughts about the picking your I love you, Alyssa, but I just want to point out, like, in case this person hears, like, I just want to make sure they know they're well, not a bad person. No, no, it's not about them as a person. I'm just talking from a business perspective. Like, here's my here's my thoughts on the picking your brain situation. Picking your brain and getting random emails from people um, that you don't know or that um, um you, like we all get emails from random like salespeople and things like that. But I will get emails randomly from people like like that I don't know or I've never heard of or they just saw me on t- Instagram or Twitter or whatever. And it's like, oh, I, I I like what you're doing. Do you have a few minutes? It's like, uh, no, I have no time for that. Um, I, I would never offer to even give them my time for money. I just, that's to me is a waste of time. Um, I'm never going to give up an hour of my time for um, for a couple hundred dollars, like, yeah, I can't be bothered. Um, but so there's that, which I would never entertain on any level. And I'm sure we all get those kind of pick your brain things or randomly trying to waste your time or yada, yada. But when it comes to people in my world, like that are colleagues of mine, especially people, I'm going to caveat this by saying anyone who is a colleague or friend of mine, yeah. This doesn't apply to because y- you're no. getting no, you're getting all the advice you ever could need all the time, anytime you need it. Like let's just say that. But if there's a colleague or a business person that's in my network or sphere that I know or that I know through someone else, and they email and they're like, "Hey, I saw you were doing this. Can you just do you have like 15 minutes to just kind of tell me what you did?" No problem. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it in a, a convenient time for them. I'll be like, yeah, I might have time next week or in a couple of weeks. Like I don't have time for you today, but I would never not entertain that because here's the thing. And I mean, for those of us that have been around a long time, you never know when those things will come back to you in a positive or negative way. So you don't know that if you've talked to someone. Um, and provided them some insight or provided them 10 minutes of your time to answer a couple questions that they then on a project that they're working on three months down the road, immediately think of you for helping them on this project because you gave them 10 minutes of your time three months ago, right? So think of it in that way too. Like, I mean, 
not everything has to be arduous for you. If you give up 10 minutes of your time to someone for a, a quick, a quick chat is, could come back to you tenfold in work. You don't know that. So yeah, I don't understand this mentality. Like I, I don't mind like people having an hourly sort of, um, a consultation rate. Like if someone is a prospective client or someone calls you out of the blue, it's like, Oh, I saw your website. Do you have an hour? Like if they, if they're thinking of like wanting your, your advice or wanting to pick your brain as a potential client. Yeah. You, I'll charge you for that because yeah. I don't know you. And if you're asking me for intellectual property, great. But in the community or people that, you know, or even tangentially know through other people, yeah, I would never not provide some context or some some time for people. Because to me, um, no one's doing this alone. And we are a community. And my philosophy is community over competition. So even if they're a, like from my perspective, if they're another PR person or another comms person, I have no problem chatting with you because look, we're all in the same, it's it's all shitty or it's all great. So if we can help each other through those times, then that's what we're here for. Like no one's curing cancer here. No one is doing anything any better or differently than you are. So what's what's the big secret? Like, why would you not take 10 minutes of your time to provide some assistance or or, or advice to, to someone in your, your network? Um, especially in the, in the manner of like, um, how, how, how it can be done. I'm not going to say this specific instance with Dakota was done, but just sending an email back being like, I don't have time for this. Here's my hourly rate. If you need to talk to me, like that isn't how to handle things either. And there is being a professional business person. And if you know the person well enough that you're texting them or that you're, um, DMing them on social, then you know them well enough that they deserve a proper response or that they deserve a proper um, a bit of your time. Um, so I'll just say that we're not talking about random people that are just emailing you and saying like, oh, I, I want to know what you do for a living. It's like, no, I have no time for that either. But I'm sorry, I will always have 10 minutes for people in my yeah, like, world. And, and like... <laughs> I, one thing I will say is like, it wasn't at all a bad conversation. Um, and I, I think this person felt kind of bad after the fact, cause I was a little taken aback. Um, but, but they, you know, they very eloquently were like, look, it sounded just like, you know, I'm overwhelmed. So now I have to do this to set boundaries. So, Hey, I totally respect that. I totally, and my thing is just say no, no, I don't have time. Or whatever, but to sort yeah. of come back with like, oh, I have an hourly rate for consulting. It's like, well, that's not what I'm asking. Like, yeah, we all have hourly rates if somebody wants to pick our brain for an hour, like whatever. But like, I'm asking you just as a colleague for quick 10 minutes. And if you don't have it, just say, no, I don't have time right now. If you want to send me your questions by email or you want to connect in the next couple of weeks, if it's not urgent, more than happy. But I think people miss the point of like, yes, we're all business people, but we're all people first. And if you don't put people in front of your business, then I'm not sure how successful your business is going to be in the long term. Because all those things, all those little niggly things become larger. And eventually you're not going to have anyone um, wanting your advice on anything because 
you're going to have been left behind because meanwhile, everyone else over here has been collaborating and chatting and sort of giving each other best practices and giving each other support. And then you've sort of been left over here because you haven't sort of wanted to be a part of the community. And that's cool. If you don't want to be a part of the community, no disparaging, but you sort of have to know that there are repercussions to that. And you know what? I think that segues. Thank you, Alyssa, for all of that. I think that segues uh, perfectly into our next discussion here. So we just recently had um, Style to Sparkle, also known as Carly, on our podcast. uh, The episode dropped... um, Oh my gosh, we always I always screw up the timing on this. Anyway, it was our former episode, episode 49 with Carly, who is a local influencer. And we talked a lot with her about influencer culture, how it works, what it is, the ins and the outs. And we're actually going to be having her back for a part two um, in March. So stay tuned for that. But today we're going to talk a little bit about media relations 101. So I'm going to pass the floor back over to Alyssa in a moment here to talk about what it even is media relations and like, what do you need it for and why should you consider it? But before I do, I just want to highlight what Alyssa just said. We're all people first. I want you guys to remember that as you're listening to this podcast, because when you're working with other people and asking them to promote you in some cases for free Mm -hmm. (laughs) via the media, you have to remember that your media relations contacts are also people. And I would argue some of the busiest professionals in the industry who get crap thrown at them more than anybody else. So just keeping in mind that our media relations friends and our media friends are people first and our influencer friends are people first. So Alyssa, explain a little bit. This is definitely more your wheelhouse. Why don't you explain a little bit about what is media relations and why should small businesses or businesses in general, brands in general, think about potentially utilizing it for promotion? So media relations is differs from traditional marketing in the fact that it's earned, like you you don't pay for it. So whereas marketing, ad dollars, um, paying for influencers, all that is a marketing cost because it's a direct transactional dollar value. Like you are paying to be in a... Um, in a publication or you're paying to work with an influencer and there's direct deliverables as a result of that. Media relations is a a different animal where you are basically um, working with both traditional and non-traditional media, and I'll explain what that is in a second, um, to to tell your story from, from your perspective as a business and have them amplify that story through their particular channels. And that is a non-paid service. So why it's called earned is because you have to earn the right to be in that publication or work with that journalist. And um, that can that can be in many different ways. So from an earned media perspective, that's a simple... Like in the old days, like in my beginning days of PR, that was what was considered a a news release. And you would send out a news release to your uh, local media, like we'll just keep it local for now, um, your local media outlets um, under the pretense of getting them to pick up on the story that you've put in that news release. And back when I first started, um, you would generally get good pickup on those stories because at that time, local news outlets 
were focused on local coverage. Like there was all the local news, um, whether it was TV, radio, or otherwise, were all locally owned entities and were very much community and, and local focused. So you would have generally no issue after you sent out a single news release and getting multiple, like you didn't even really have to pitch anything. They would call you back right away and get you scheduled for morning shows or like whatever it was. Flash forward 15 years and that isn't the case anymore. And so the media landscape has changed so much in the last 15 years that um, those local media outlets are no longer locally owned. They're all owned by large corporate conglomerates. And so they, their, their, um, their time and their, it's not that they aren't interested in local news, but the, the powers that be aren't um, as interested in local news. So they're, they're having to do more sort of large scale. um, Like I always call it like, fires and accidents like it's always very if you're unless you're unless you're in the midst of a home fire like don't think that your your story is going to get picked up by local media and in conjunction with that because now these local outlets are owned by large multinationals um there's not as many people there like they have called a lot and most of the local journalists and um, in in these centers. And Calgary is a little luckier because we are a major center. So it's not as bad as if you were in a Red Deer or a Lethbridge or sort of a smaller center that really probably has one journalist that covers all local issues. Um, so you have to be a little bit a little bit more innovative in how you're approaching local outlets for um, your stories. And the first thing I will say to that is actually have a story. I can't tell you how many clients expect media coverage or to be front up, front page of the Herald. And it's like, but this isn't a story. Like this isn't, like you're, you're trying to get media coverage for a promotion or for a sale or for a, a that, that's not a story. It's not interesting. Like there's nothing, there's nothing here that anybody else isn't already doing. So that's always my first caveat when, when telling people when you're, when you're trying to get media coverage of things, it actually has to be a story. And sometimes it's a hard conversation to have with people because a lot of small business people just don't understand what would make a story or or what would be an interesting angle for a journalist. Um, the other thing now with the the fact that these journalists are so overworked and underrepresented and it's like one person in a newsroom trying to cover everything going on is you have to build relationships. Um, the idea like 15 years ago that you could just send a news release and go to the assignment desk and you get pickup, like that's long gone. So you have to have build relationships with your, your local um, media people and build relationships with the ones that like are covering your specific area. So if you're, um, if you're a sporting goods store, like you'd want to know all the sort of lifestyle and, and sport reporters, or if you're like a, a retail out fashion outlet you'd want to know who covers lifestyle and fashion and all like know who's actually like covering your thing um and build relationships with them by sending them tips through their social media i would say that 90 percent of journalists now will pay attention to what comes to them over dm more so than ever would come to them um in a news release in the newsroom so um 
and and that takes a bit of time too. So obviously, um, if you're working, if you're a new business or if you're a a new PR person working with a business, um, you have to take the time to develop those relationships. You can't expect that journalists are going to bend over backwards for you um, if they don't know you. So those are sort of my main things. And it's one of the reasons I don't do a lot of traditional media relations anymore is because it is difficult. And there's people who are way better at it than me, like Alex Kincaid and um, just coming to mind right off the bat. It's probably one of the best ones, but it's, it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of effort on your part, especially as a PR person to keep those relationships and, and um, continually be nurturing those relationships to ensure that um, your businesses and your stories kind of get um, to the top. So that's kind of where, it sits from a traditional media landscape. We can talk about the non-traditional influencer stuff in a bit, but that's kind of general media 101 in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, just as an example too. So I've had, I think we've all, all of us kind of in the industry have, you know, had a longstanding relationship with a well-known magazine called Avenue Magazine. And I just want to point out to you that print advertising is only one part of advertising. There's also broadcast um, and radio. Radio, I would argue now, is more paid than anything else. You're going to be pretty hard-pressed to get a free segment on the radio unless it's like a talk show like CBC or something. And even then, you really have to pitch a story that aligns with something that they're doing. And you have to find that out almost ahead of time. So I used to practice media relations too. It's kind of what I did before I started social centric. And Alyssa and I are same, same. Like we don't really do it anymore. I will say that I do work with like Herba, Curiosity. Uh, This is more new media. And then of course, still Avenue. Like every year, I'll just ask for their editorial calendar so that I can potentially pitch certain clients over a quick email but that's a 10-year relationship with a specific person at Avenue who we have an understanding of how each other works and, and she knows who my clients are. So I can just easily throw her, hey, we really want to be involved. And then oftentimes we will get pickup because we've done our research. So yeah, I mean, if you are a new business or you're interested in media relations, um, step number one would be to, to look into the publications, broadcast and radio that you want to get involved in or even the bloggers or influencers that you're interested in potentially having promote your brand, make sure they align with your brand more than anything else and that they're going to do a good job of promoting you. There are many an opportunity where media was pitched and it doesn't happen very often anymore. But in the past, the biggest sort of red tape item was when a media person would go rogue and off script with key messaging around something that you had pitched. So again, just making sure that the story and the and the media person aligns with you. And then just cultivating that relationship by way of asking to go for a coffee or do a, a Zoom or even just asking for their lineup of editorial for the year to see if anything you're doing coincides. And yeah, keeping in mind that sales and promotions are totally off the table unless it's a huge news story. If you're opening one of Canada's first X, Y, and Z, that's a huge news story. If you're promoting something for 20% off for the month of February, that's not something the news is going to pick up. 
Um, that would probably actually be a better play for working with a blogger, potentially, if you have... Maybe they can include you in a listicle or something, right? In terms of something that is happening within your business. Um, but yeah, I would say the other thing to look at with media relations is when to hire a professional or not. So there's lots of great outfits in Calgary. And Alyssa and I kind of named one of them earlier uh, that we would recommend. Um, Another one that I would highly recommend is Wild PR. Um, My friend Kristen runs it. She's been super successful with it. She was actually in the paper yesterday uh, under in the Herald there. Um, So Wild PR specializes in tourism, uh, lifestyle, family, that kind of thing. And they work with lots of brands across Canada. Um, And so if you have budget to have a full team pitching the media for you on a regular basis, and you've got a product that has tons of stories to tell or a brand that has tons of stories to tell, and it's maybe you're fundraising tons of dollars for something super cool and important. Maybe you are launching a new initiative that is going to make Calgary better. Or maybe you just have a product that's changing the world or the environment. That would be the kind of news stories that Alyssa and I are talking about in a nutshell. And that's when you might want to hire a professional because what a professional team will do for you from a media relations standpoint is they'll look at all angles. They'll look at new media. They'll look at the former landscape. They'll look at all kinds of media and they'll already have those relationships in place. Um, Another person that we would highly recommend is Alex Kincott at Shareworthy Content. I think she actually just slightly rebranded. So I apologize if that name of her company is incorrect. I should know this. Um, But Alex is fantastic in the arts world. So she does a lot of arts and a bit of, I would say a bit of tourism too. Hey, Alyssa. Yeah, I would say. But she's definitely arts focused, which is her wheelhouse, which she's really good at. So those those two gals are are two really great ladies to potentially work with if, if if you fall into those sectors. But then what about new media? And this is where kind of my company would come in, honestly. So what if you are specifically focused on influencers or you're specifically focused on wanting to work with Curiosity Calgary or Urba or Daily Hive, and you just want to be a regular um, client on their roster of blog articles, things that they post on social media, and even Avenue Magazine, for instance, that's definitely part going to be part of your social media and your digital strategy. Um, so that's when I would recommend maybe looking into a social media management and marketing company such as myself, just because we always look at all angles for how we handle social for our clients. And anytime we bring new clients on, we're constantly on the lookout for what else could we do to amplify them online and how can we build our community. Um, so that's kind of another way to work with a professional. You can do it on your own as well, but again, you're going to have to cultivate those relationships and do your research. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm always so, so conflicted about this stuff too. Like I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of, of paying for, um, inclusion in a lot of these platforms. I think it's, um, quite frankly, a waste of money a lot of times, but, um, that's my own personal feeling about it, which is why I am a big proponent in, in this landscape now in 2022 of, of owning your own content, creating your own content. I think people rely too much on, um, trying to get into a lot of these digital platforms. And I just don't, I mean, 
unless unless these digital platforms want to show me the direct numbers, so very few of them do of what their actual like readership or or engagement is. Cause I mean, I see them show up on my Instagram or whatever all the time and scroll through, but I don't, I'm sorry, I just don't trust that a lot of them actually um are legitimate business models and that it's a lot of times just um ways to to get money from small businesses who just don't know any better. So I'm a huge proponent of yeah and come at me with that like feel free like curiosity or whatever like have at her. Um but uh I'm a big proponent of owning your own. So this is where like even we created a podcast like to help elevate our brands as business people and as professionals. So like we're not, I mean, we have a voice on particular topics that Dakota and I have a particular professional um, acumen for, but it gives us also an outlet to talk about things that, that we're interested in. So things like podcasts, things like creating your own YouTube channel, things like um, doing your own blogs, like it's a great way to um, create your own content that you own, that you don't have to wait for someone to 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 um to to pitch for or that you have to pitch for but it also provides you an outlet to create that content that then is seen by those outlets whether it's traditional or non-traditional media who then want to either use that content or um jump off from that content so it gives you the more control over what um potentially your messaging and brand is as opposed to sort of allowing someone else to do that for you. So I'm a big, I mean, it's a lot of work, but, and it takes a little bit of time, but no more time than if you're like trying to curate content to be in a listicle for someone, it's the same sort of thing. Um, but you can create your own listicles. Um, and then it drives traffic to your website and not their website. Things like that, just keep in mind, like in in this new landscape, things are changing and happening so fast that that I think a lot of times people get caught up in, in it, the excitement or like this looks cool or blah, blah, blah. But I'm, this is what I do is I tell you to protect your brand, not sell it off to other people because ultimately your brand and your story and your messages, you own it. And so you want to make sure that you're doing due diligence to ensure that that, that you're in control of that. And I have no qualms about like working with influencers and, and bloggers and things like that to have them like, and paying them for content or for, um, though. Yeah. So that's a different story because we're still doing, um, paid media in that landscape, but, um, just keep in mind that you want to continue to own your own brand and ensure that it's not sort of bastardized as you push your your message out to a lot of these different um, new media platforms. But that's, again, my personal feeling and that's how I direct my clients. Um, people have different feelings on that, but I would much prefer to work with a professional like an Alex that would, I know, knows how to protect the brand of an organization when they're pitching to um, potential outlets than sort of willy-nilly having business owners do that themselves because I've seen that go sideways so fast. 100%. Yeah, I think if we could leave you with anything today as we kind of wrap up, it's the biggest thing is if you don't know how to do something yourself, it is always better to hire an expert. And that's why having a team like Alex, as an example, or Kristen... Um, they understand the ins and outs of how all of this works. They're going to understand when it's a paid opportunity and when it's 
an editorial opportunity. Um, and by working with them, you probably will save dollars in advertising in some cases. There is also the caveat of working with traditional media. They, they generally do want you to pay for advertising before they're willing to give you editorial, which is fair, which is fair because we're all making a living here. Um, but yeah, that brand protection standpoint is super important as well. So just thinking about, you know, when you start your business or you maybe you need support 10 years into your business, it's kind of, you know, like, what do I want to spend my marketing dollars on this year? And what's the best tactic? So if you guys ever have any questions that you can always DM us, we're super happy to answer things over Instagram at ladies who launch pod. Um, and with that, we hope you have a great rest of your week and we look forward to next time. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode. 